we, we started. are live. All right. Sports <laughs> yeah, dev, man. Welcome in. My meme, man, Mike, in the building. Uh, once again, com. Go online. Get some from the website. Uh, and uh and 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 help update up your nutritional intake with this highly nutritious fruit powder so my man month of may i kind of wanted to do this thing with you because i was like okay month of may there's a lot of stuff happening you know we could get into the champions league final yesterday uh i think super eagles um you know friendly match recently and then that that insane sunday of epl <laughs> final game that was just madness yeah, i think yeah. um yeah but super eagle i mean um champions league final yesterday man seriously how good is vinicius jr uh because I mean, so, first of all welcome me welcoming me back i'm glad to be back here as always um always, last man. time we talked about when we seem to have bad news talking about the Super Eagles not making it to the World Cup. So I don't want. I, I, I don't want. I don't want to relive that experience right now. <laughs> more positive I've, kind of, I've had like three, three sessions of therapy. I finally gotten over it, and um, let's just move past it. I'm going. I'm, I'm accepting it. Yeah, I, I would say um, the the rest of the the domestic league seasons were quite therapeutic in in their own way. You know. And, you know, speaking of the end of the English campaign, that was um, as good an ending as you would have in recent memories when it comes to both the uh, battle for the championship and also battle for relegation. It all came down to the last days. And there's certainly many, many talking points, even if you just speak of it from the perspective of just the positions in the table and from a Nigerian footballer perspective, you know, the effects on some of our boys in these leagues and not just in the english league we're talking about even an italian league the spanish league the french league the german league and so on and yeah. so forth you know our players have been everywhere and they've had a whole domestic season i think it's it's probably in a good interest for us to at least recognize some of their performances and the ones that maybe need to step up and possibilities for people transferring from one place to another I figured we should probably talk about all of that in this snippet of the roundup of the European season, which, like I said, the end of it was therapeutic since it allowed us to forget about the Super Eagles, even if it's for yeah. The you know, I, I think for me the best performance I saw was um, Everton, man. Um, a team low on confidence to go down two goals like that in that game. They were totally outclassed in the first half by Crystal Palace, dominated. I mean, it just looked like, but they didn't put their head down. They came back out, they kept fighting, and they ended up winning the game and saving. I mean, because they got destroyed by Arsenal <laughs> on the last day. So that game saved them. And, and the way they came back and fought, you know, my hat's off to Everton. I think that was by far the best performance I saw. Um, I think Man City's performance came second. Uh, yeah, so, um, speaking of end of season performances, I, I look at that performance through a lens, and the lens, depending on which side you look at it through, you can you can say a couple of things. One, yes, you got to give them hats off. 
you know, and commendation for that comeback against Crystal Palace itself. If you take that game as an isolated incident, all the circumstances surrounding what was going on in relegation, you know, yeah. you would say, okay, yes, this is shows fight. The fans coming together in Everton. Uh, guys like Alex Iwobi is uptick of form, which in no small part led to uh, their ability to stay up in the Premier League. Correct. But you look at it from another perspective. So in that game alone, in fact, I would even recommend that that game is in the nominees of maybe you say top five games, top three games of the season, last season in the English Premier League, that game will, will stand out and be one of them, if not the game of the season or performance mm-hmm. of the season. However, when you look at it from another perspective, well, some will argue that let's let's even pick Alexi will be in particular. He's a $40 million transfer fee um, man that that's what everything pays. Was he, was he that high? 40, 40, million, 40, million? 40 million pounds. Yes, 40 million. The euros and no pounds. Those two. Yes, and, and and you pay 40 million pounds. You don't know what the best position for the player is. That's that's kind of a microcosm of how I think Everton fans feel. Like there have been investments into that team. And if you look at the overall total cost of the team, they should not be in a relegation battle. Poha. You know how you like look at it and you spin it. The guys like Richarlison, you know, they plays for Brazil. Uh, and a host of the, goal, the goalkeepers, the English national team goalkeeper, who actually probably was the best performer through the stretch, down the stretch, when they had to, like, uh, save themselves from relegation. You you would argue that a team like that that spends that much should not even be looking to be in that position. So a lot of people, as much as, much as they're happy that they, they got saved, they didn't go down. A lot of people are looking to see, okay, so how do we not repeat the same situation next year? Because, you know, they, they have a problem defending set pieces, corner kicks in particular. They concede a lot of goals from there. Um, you certainly will not say Alexi will be has given them a return for the money investment, although yes, he's uptick in form. But when you pay yeah. 40 million dollars for a midfielder, you're looking for at least 10 goals and maybe even five to yeah. six at minimum. That's yeah. why that's why I was surprised that he was worth that much because he's not he's not known for his goal scoring ability. He's he's known for making runs, controlling the ball, giving certain passes, but he's not a finisher. So yeah. Um, and that's where people will tell you that sometimes English raised players will demand or command a little bit more of a fee because they count against the requirement that uh, the Premier League has where you have to have a certain number of English raised players that are on your squad. And that's yeah. why the transfer fees for even semi stars uh, seem to be off the, you know, the evaluation in the Premier League is much higher than the evaluation of those same players were to take. The talent and go to a real in Spanish league or even German league or Italian league. So, you know, that, that's just the way it goes. But yeah, yeah, one will argue that it will be certainly has not been worth 40 million, uh, whatever it was in the transfer market. Yeah, and that's what I'll say for that. So, and you think about the other relegation battle, I think it was, uh, you think about the other team that got relegated, you look at Watford, you know, they started out, they actually won the first game of the season. And Emmanuel mm-hmm. Dennis was on fire all the way through December. But I think having I think losing Ismail Asar for a long period hurt them a little bit. But really, it really comes down to their defense again. Their defense was atrocious all season. I think it was not until they had been relegated when they played a game against uh who did they play? I you know, I forget the exact team. It might have been Crystal Palace even, where they ended up with their very first um 
first clean sheet. No, we're not going to get Chris Paul's against Leicester. This is after they had already um, been relegated and they played a home game against, sorry, not even Leicester, against Everton. It was an Everton game that they played at the end of the season. That was their first game they kept a clean sheet at home or in the whole Premier League. So I had to tell you that they had no business being in the Premier League. They had a couple of Nigerian players that had. We'll say Dennis had a good season, although he only scored two goals since January. And the Prem, um, Watford uh, defender, Trust Ekon, just got bent as soon as Roy Hodgson came there. And he just was, it was very calamitous. And we see some of that calamity even in, in Super Eagles uh, colors. Friend, friendly yesterday. But yeah. well, let me. A table injured, yeah. didn't really play, and they released him after the season. So Nigeria guys didn't really. Show up. Oh, uh, Kalu, Samuel Kalu. He got some run at the end of the season. Didn't really impress. But, you know, they, 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 they signed him. Up. They signed him late and brought him in, though. I mean, um, they, they brought him in the January transfer window from Bordeaux. Yeah. I don't even know why. Why would they even do that deal, though? If, if I was his agent, I'd have been telling him, listen, bro, why would you want to get signed into a club that's in a thick relegation battle? I mean, if you looked at it, yeah, but dude, you were balling at Bordeaux. You he had wasn't a chance to con- He was, he was on the already bench. supposed to requirements over there. That's that's just the reality. Yeah, so that's why they took the deal. Yeah, yeah. He jumped at a chance to come to the Premier League. For him, it's not a bad move. It's a, it's an upward movement. Even even playing at Watford in the Championship is still better than playing in League One. Uh, in in a lot of players' minds, because I'm sure they pay them more. But even the other thing too is just being in England and starting your process of getting five years in England and maybe getting. You know. Well, you know, you know, Igalo did the same thing. He came into from Granada, came to Watford, and they were in the Championship, and then he helped them get promoted. Um, yeah. But but the thing is, um, Kalu, you know. I don't know, man. I think he might be on his last leg. Yeah, he's lost form completely. You know, yeah. and I'm not one to like really throw speculations at our players, but he certainly looks like a guy that's not in his mid twenties. Just, mm-hmm. just the way he's playing. <laughs> I'm not talking about his physical look. I'm just talking about. Yeah, like I know what you mean. He's out of gas a bit in the leg. So yeah, I know what you mean, man. His real ages, and again, I, I hate to be that person that casts such aspersions, but it is what it is. All right, man. Well, but how, about, how about how about how about Crystal Palace and Patrick Vieira, man? You have to take your hat off to him, though. Yeah, so you look at the results that they. One, the thing you'll say about Crystal Palace is that Patrick Vieira just brought a little bit of organization. And one thing you could say when you play Crystal Palace, it doesn't matter who you are, you're going to be in a battle with them. They're going to fight you. Yeah. They have a lot of physical players. You know, skillful players know too. This guy Mateta. I don't know if you've been watching him at all. He, he plays on yeah. the fourth line along with Zaha. And every once in a while, they'll slide in Benteke over there. And, but you look at Eberichi Eze. Uh, that... Michael Olise. So they, they, yes. they, they, they the both guys that's trying to get. But they're definitely yeah, not man. Players. Listen, uh, those two guys right there you just listed, if they play for Nigeria, that squad changes. Did you see Chidi Eze against Everton that first half? Yeah, he was he mad. Was he was... Oh my God, he was manhandling them. I mean, yeah. that guy is special. And he's this is his first special. year back from an Achilles injury, so 
this, you expect that he's going to get better next year. There's been some rumblings that he didn't get invited to the English squad for the summer, but no, he's young. I think he's going to get, I think he's eventually going to get invited. I just don't know if he'll be one that is a mainstay in the English national team. But hey, if, if Southgate is smart, they can find a place for him because that boy can play. Yeah. Yeah, he could play, man. And Ulisse is good too. You know, that kid is. Goodness, I think he was inj- he was injured in that game, right? At the end of the season, he missed about the last four or five games <coughs> injury. Yeah, but yeah. he had already shown what he needed to show. The thing about Crystal Palace, one of the issues with them is they need to take that next step. A lot of their problems was too many draws. They, they you know, a lot of matches where you would seemingly control, but a lot of zero zeros, one one, and they wouldn't they wouldn't get the win. So I think the next step for them is maybe sign one or two more like guys with killer instinct. And just become more mature as a team. But definitely the yeah. platform that Vieira has built over there is there already. You can see the makings of, of a solid English team. They, in my opinion, they should be immediately challenging for a European spot, whether it's a conference league or Europa League. That, yeah, that would be and, – and also maybe make deep runs in the cup. They look like a team that – that's a cup team if you've ever seen one. Because on, on any given – on their day, they could beat you. And I think, actually, that's what they did. They, they didn't drop in they – didn't, they, they didn't lose all – all season to Man City, you know, if you look at their record against the top two teams, it's it's very admirable. They can stand up to anybody in the Premier League like that. No, 100%, man. And then City, I mean, that game pissed me off, though. Villa pissed me off in that game because I was watching and I was like, okay, happy to see Villa just put it to them, put them to the sword. And then they gave up <laughs> three goals <laughs> in like, what, 15 minutes? Yeah, but you can't blame those guys too much, man. Most of those, like, one of the things about the end of the season, I tell you about the first uh, you know that at any given Sunday, anybody can beat anybody, that's for sure. But there is one Sunday, that last Sunday of the week, those teams that have nothing to play for, they'll give you a decent shit for 45 minutes. And after that, all bets are off, man. If, <laughs> if, the, if the boat gets rocked, there's no, there's nobody to like remove the water from the, from inside. They just they sink with the sheep ship because at that point, man, who cares? Oh, yeah. They did their job. Yeah. They made it entertaining. But I certainly yeah, thought they, they, Man City were in trouble when they were down two nothing early yeah. in that match after Coutinho had scored the second goal. But yeah. it also shows it shows the the attitude, man, and the drive. And also, honestly speaking, let's just call it what it is. It shows the depth that Man City has, and when you have that on on just unstoppable tap of oil money coming in you should you should have depth because what do they do at halftime or at, in the second half he brings in gonagan he brings in uh raheem sterling those two guys are low and brings in zinchenko those three guys are low those three prize in particular all made a huge difference at the end it's like but how many teams have those kind of guys you get on the bench very Imagine few very few the bench, you know so, <clears throat> But speaking about City and kind of transitioning into the Champions League, I mean, that's why, like, yesterday before that final, someone called me, he bets on games, and he was like, what do you think, man? What do you think? What do you think? Who you got? I was like, yo, I think I think uh, Real's going to get him. He's like, why? I'm like, look, Real beat PSG. They beat my boys. They beat Chelsea. And then they beat City. And in all those games, they had a fight. And they showed grit and they came back and they beat good teams, especially the city game. I'm like, you don't do that to certain teams. I said, so you're, 
Liverpool is playing a team with a lot of confidence, a lot of drive, a lot of a lot of grit. They've shown they have heart to come back and win games. I'm like, I don't see how Liverpool beats these guys. They haven't, you know, these guys are battle tested. They're battle solid. Battle. Yeah, I, I, and, and he was like, "You sure, man?" I'm like, "Yeah." During the game, towards the end, he sent me a text, "My man, all caps." <laughs> and I was like, "Yo." Yeah. So this is a little shameless, a shameless plug for myself. I, I was at the game, the semifinals game between Man City and Real Madrid in Manchester, that first leg that ended up 4-3. Mm. In all honesty, that game should have been at least 6-3, if not 7-3. Really, City just fluffed their lines that day. They missed mm -hmm. glorious chances that I, I don't understand what was going on. Real Madrid was like a, a, a boxer on the ropes on that day. That just found a way to just counter punch, on. just like and connect yeah. because the score four three did not show the dominance that City show had that day. But the problem was that and this is something I always talk about with one of my friends, Renzo. In in this level of football, right? What makes yeah. the elite teams different is that, and then especially in the teams like Real Madrid are like built for this. What makes them different is that they know that they're gonna get the, they're gonna get one chance. Maybe two in each half, and they'll score at least two goals from those. So yeah. you, on the other hand, <clears throat> you're gonna get. You might only get those two or three chances too that they get. The difference between them, Real Madrid in particular, and a lot of teams that aren't elite is that they need more cracks at it to score that goal. They fluff their lines oftentimes. You know, Real Madrid doesn't need the ball. They've shown that all season. Having the ball is not their not their forte. They hit you on the counter, and they have two perfect players for that. And number one is Vinicius Junior. Vinicius Junior, I love that dude, man. Yeah, you know, and, and and Liverpool's weakness was Real Madrid's ultimate strength. Weakness is Trent Alexander Arnold on the right back yeah. side. He's ended. He's a strength, but he can be stopped. And they didn't particularly have a really good day offensively either. But he definitely was at fault, or at least had some fault. In the goal that got conceded. Another thing, too, that made me know that it was going to be hard for Real Madrid not to win that game, especially having seen them be on the ropes and still maintain some decency in the tie against Man City, is that Liverpool have been off the boil of recent. They haven't really played their best football recently. And you can't, you can't even be too mad at them because they just had too many games. All the depth in the world is not going to help you as much when it comes down to the end of the season. You you play to the very last game in every single competition that you're in. You know, the very last game of each tournament, you had a shout at winning that tournament, so you played to the very end. That's four competitions. Yeah. The guys look gassed. Mo Salah was not at his very best at the end of the season. A bunch of other guys were not. Even if you look at yesterday's game, yeah, Liverpool had created more of the chances. They huffed and puffed. Courtois definitely was the man of the match, but really they won their best version of Liverpool. You know, the yeah, we've slit. seen it. We've seen them. We've seen them perform better. No question about that, though. No. So no. you see that, and you realize <clears throat> that, you know, sometimes it's just in Real Madrid they've done this in a one-game situation. I'll always take them. They played the game according to their plan. They had guys all massive. Casemiro was massive yesterday. Uh, Carvajal on the right side really just shut down Diaz. He couldn't beat him one time. Um, was that goal offsides? Was that goal offsides? So the, the rule for offsides... To, that, that, was, 
You're talking yeah. about the Benzema goal in the first half. Yeah, the Benzema goal, yeah. The rule says if there's intent to play the ball back. So what the what the VAR official is probably saying is that when the deflection happened off, I, be, I believe it was Fabinho, that there was no Fabinho, intent yeah. to play it back. And that's why even though uh, it came off of Fabinho and Benzema scored after that, it was offside because he was in an offside position. That, that much is clear. It's just a matter of who played the ball last. So it was kicked – well, they probably determined that it was kicked off the attacker for Real Madrid and then hit the knee of Fabinho inadvertently as opposed to him playing it. So if that's the interpretation, that's the correct interpretation. Now it's just a matter of, okay, was he trying to play the ball? Which you can argue, like, isn't that what a defender is trying to do? <laughs> to play the ball? But, you know, yeah. It it's all good, though. I mean, and, and, and if Mane has scored that goal that hit the post at the start of the game, that would have been a totally different game because the game would have opened up immediately. I mean, yep. we'd have seen fireworks from that point on. Um, when they asked Katwa uh, about which is his best save of the day, that was the one he mentioned. And exactly what you're saying is what he said. He was like, look, I um, if I didn't make that save and it's one nothing, then the game is different for us. Now we're chasing it. So all the yeah. other saves I made when we were up one, those were at least we were still in the game no matter what, you know, even if it became one one. But that game, that save to make it keep it zero zero, and then we <laughs> went ahead and scored first. That was huge. Yeah, yeah, and, they, and it was it was a fun game to watch, even though the, you know, there weren't too many goals. I was watching it, and I was like, it was really exciting to watch. There was a play I don't know if you remember. Um, they they hit the ball from across the field. Salah jumped up in mid air. And brought and that thing it. down. It yeah. was oh man, it was so beautiful. I mean, the way he just took the ball down, and then I think he cut it back. I'm sure he took a shot, but he didn't, he didn't go in though. But the sublime way he took the ball, I was like, man, this kid is doing this. Oh, amazing. Was, last night there was definitely quality on the field, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them, but that's what you expect in the Champions League finals, which is the pinnacle of uh, club football. You know, basically, you have Mo Salah. Mane, Virgil van Dijk, you know, um, Benzema, Vinicius, Cotouac, you know, Casemiro. These are the Madrid. <laughs> Vinicius is 21, right? <clears throat> you think he's the next Ballon d'Or prospect in the next couple of years? I mean, I he's 21. All that. I think, I think he's really, he's made some, he's made a big leap. This is his first, like, supreme output year this is the first time where you're like all that potential you're now starting to see it so yeah you got to see it again so i'm not gonna be i'm not gonna stick my foot out because right now at this point the, the way things are and i and it's funny because um mbappe didn't go to real madrid but really we were, upon us now we're looking at holland and mbappe are going to be scoring goals for fun so yeah. what are they going to win holland coming to man city Gee, that just makes them they, – they really needed somebody else as super world-class to come in, right? But I think it takes them to a different level because the the dynamics has changed now. They now have a center for it. They played the whole season without a center. Recognize number nine. No, they, 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 they didn't have one, no. That's ridiculous. Allen's going to be scoring tap-in goals. That's what he's yeah. going to be scoring. Mbappe yeah. is in the Farmers League. You know, that's a whole different conversation of why he stayed. Yeah. You know? And, and yeah, because you're goals. right, because they have players – yeah, they got players that can score from anywhere. So you can't really focus on Haaland alone. I mean, you you got guys on that team, that city team, 
they're just monsters, man. I mean, so you have to pay attention to, <laughs> to everyone. Yeah, it, it's crazy. City, City just went exponentially better, I think, just by getting. But they have to probably offload a couple of <clears> things. <throat> like Sterling is being rumored as someone that's not going to come back. Uh, really? Liverpool, they're talking about Mane is done. He's gone. I can see that because I think Salah is about to get paid, or at least one of them is about to get paid. I don't see them keeping both of them. Uh, I know they just – I think it was Man City that just picked up this guy from Argentina uh, that just scored a double hat-trick in the Copa Libertadores last week or his club in Argentina. I think I uh, – don't, I don't know the exact name of the team. It might be Estudiantes that he plays for in Argentina. But they're bringing him, and a lot of teams are trying to sign him on loan Barcelona included, and and uh, Man City said, "No, nah, we don't want to send him alone. We want to have him in the squad for next season." So he's going in the summer school. So all eyes going to be is like the next big thing. So these teams are getting better, man. So next season is going to be interesting to see how it goes. You know, like how Liverpool reacts to losing by one point to Man City, and how the other teams try to compete. Because Chelsea, that you guys just got sold, the the sale got approved. Tottenham is investing 150 million uh, pounds into their, their squad next season. That was a promise that the owners just gave Conte. So who knows, man? There's a there's an arms race now. One thing's for sure: Newcastle's got money. You found big money. money, big money. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna spend it. <clears throat> so one thing of Man City is showing us: you got to spend in England. You can't be sit idle. You sit idle, you're gonna get left behind, and these no, you, you, very, you can't afford to. You can't afford to sit idle, man. That league is just savage. I mean, just truly savage. And here's the crazy part, right? Even with all this spending, City could go into a particular Saturday or Sunday and play Newcastle and lose, right? They could go into a game and play, you know, shoot. Leeds, I know they fought for their lives to stay up and lose. That's the beauty of that league. It's like when you least expect it, right? Or you could have international weekend and then they come back and the team just plays like crap and some low level team just comes in and destroys them. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yep. And it seems like off those international weekends, if you're a gambler, that's usually the best week to bet against (coughs) most of their players or the internationals, right? Just travel from to Africa, South America, and so on. They come back to teeth. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are interesting, man. I, I looked at Italy also a little bit, just like you know, not just England, because I know a lot of times people we tend to get uh, Anglo-centric in our views of the game. But yeah, interesting things. AC Milan winning the uh, Scudetto for the first time in I believe eleven years at least, because it's yeah. been. Juventus has just been winning every every title for the last few years, and now for the first time, the duck's been broken. Where Inter won it last year, AC Milan won, but it came down to the last day. So although it wasn't as talked about, but it was a great race. Initially, it was a three horse race between the Milan cities and then Napoli, which has Victor Osimhen. Uh, Victor himself, a lot of people will say Napoli fell off when he got injured. You know, um, of the international break and. Um, also, I think COVID issues that he had, and he certainly missed a ton of game when he got hurt with his face. Uh, and but he won the under twenty three young player of the year in in Serie A this year, so that's that's quite an award that he should be proud of. Yeah, he ended up with uh, a grand total of uh, eighteen goals overall. Some of them missed all that time, so not a good return. 
uh, 14 in the in Serie A. A good return again. And he did that. Actually, I looked at the numbers. He did that in less than uh, double the amount of games. So he's definitely scoring goals in less, uh, you know, one less than one every two games. So that's a good ratio for a striker. I still think he has a lot of technique things that he can work on and be better at, you know, uh, and also learning to like hold up play and link up play with a team a little bit more. You know, there's more for him to learn, but he, he certainly seems to be one of the few players that has world class ish ability in the Super Eagle squad right now. I think. So let me ask you this. I know I'm, I'm jumping ahead because we haven't gotten to that point yet, but how do you think he fits in with our team we saw play Mexico yesterday? Um, well, I mean, Victor Osimhen will fit into will make any team better. So I mean, that's that. Like you look at some of the hustle and bustle that maybe maybe would have taken to upset the Mexican defenders. Mexican defenders were on vacation for the most part yesterday because they didn't have anyone bothering them, running around yeah. like chasing every lost cause. <clears throat> well, of course, he'll fit into it. Like, and if you look at the the eventual cross that led to the goal. Those are the kind of passes that Victor Osimhen has not been seen oh, when playing the yeah. Super Eagles. So. Imagine him being there and Bassey so eager to like bump forward and yeah. make those kind of forays and deliver those kind of uh, crosses. You can only think that Victor would benefit from that. But yeah, so we can come back. Yeah, we'll go. We'll guy. get to that. Go ahead. I was just curious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so but but yeah, it was a good race in Italy. Uh, Alina in Italy, kind of surprisingly, didn't really play much since Afcon. That was a little troubling. And even yesterday's match it seemed like he was injured because he wasn't available. Um, uh, we had a couple of other Nigerians that played in Italy with mixed results. I think last year's toast became this year's goat. Scored 20 goals or so for, for Cortone last year, even though they got relegated, got signed with Salonitana, and he only gave him one goal in 12 games. They actually even sent him on loan to, to Parma in uh, Serie B, and he had similar returns, only one goal, and it's not a good look for him if after scoring 20 in in the uh, top division the year before. So that's a supreme fall from grace. Uh, Joel O'B played quite a few games in Salantana this year, and so that's not too bad. I, we have another guy. Uh, Wait, so Joel O'B still, still playing? He played a time. You know, it was more of a guy coming off the bench, a squad player for Salantana. And somehow they actually stayed up. It didn't look good for them initially because they hadn't won a lot of games, but uh, somehow they stayed up. I think... Um, we had another Nigerian striker, Okereke, I believe, that played for Venezia. And I don't, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I think they ended up getting relegated at the, towards the end of the season, too. So mixed fortunes for Nigerian players yeah. in, over there. In France, Moses Simon just keeps doing well in France, but not so well in Super Eagles uh, jersey, ex except for doing the AFCON, where he did all right the first couple of games until he got shackled. Yeah, you know. dude, I love what I love watching the French league, man. I mean, the 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 talent level, watching the skill. I saw a game where um, was it Simon in his team? They played. I forgot who they played. It was so entertaining to watch. I think with Marseille, it was it was just ridiculous to watch the talent level back and forth. I mean, they they have some really exceptional players in league. On, you know. Um, when you look at individual talent, now the teams as a whole might not be, you know, Champions League winning material, but there's a lot of talent and it's fun to watch. The league is. Yeah, they got they got quality players <coughs> everywhere in France, man. I mean, if you look at some of yeah. the top team, Lyon, 
uh, with Bordeaux. Uh, told, now Bordeaux, Bordeaux was fighting relegation this year. Carl yeah. uh, Tota, Cambi, those guys over there, um, they had a pretty good season. Monaco is always pretty good. Marseille, uh, Marseille, 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 yeah. Paye, they they went all the way to the semifinals of the Europa, Europa Conference League, which is not really the greatest league ever. But hey, they were there. Um, and PSG <laughs> and Lille. Lille had a down season after winning the league last year or a couple of years. Yeah, they they won it last year, and then Nice became really good to this year too because the coach for Lille, Christophe Gautier, left them after winning the championship. Which a lot of people said, of course, that you know, only, you can only go so far when you win with Lille. Is like anything after this is is probably a letdown. So he went to Nice, and actually Nice ended up finishing second in the league. So behind uh, yeah, PSG. But see, the thing about the French league is it's just too tough. It's really not even. I'm going to say top heavy. It's just PSG, and then everybody there's a step down. They won the league with four games to go. And yeah, really, they parody. even before then, psychologically, and they weren't even trying. Yeah, the parody uh, is definitely an issue there. That, you know, PSG just runs away with it every time. And I think, unlike England, where you see new owners coming in and purchasing clubs and investing a ton of money, I think if, if you had more of that in, in, in the French League, you would have more competition and more parody because um, they'll be able to have better academies, buy better players. It's the television deals, man. Yeah, yeah. Television deals are in England and Spain. But every league still has a way of doing things. For example, in England, the TV money is like certain amounts of TV money shared equally amongst everybody. While in Spain, that's not the case. It's the TV revenues are heavily in favor of Real Madrid and Barcelona. So that's why those two teams teams. are always going to be good. But since we're talking about like the league, this is exactly why a lot of people are like, not so happy that Mbappe stayed in France. For me, I'm like, well, hey, they, they both teams seem to be paying him the same amount of money because he's definitely used uh, Real Madrid's offer to leverage himself against PSG. Basically, he seems to have won. He's from he's from Paris. He's pretty young. He can yeah. make this money. I mean, I think that it's a three year contract, which means that like 25, 26 will win the next contract to be. He can always still go to Real Madrid then. So, yeah, you know, the thing about it is he's, he's in terms of money. Yeah, 100% he's fine because the owners of PSG, they, they have enough money to pay him whatever he wants. But in terms of name, competition, being at that level, I think he needs to go to Spain, man. I, I think a Barca would, would take his name to the heights where he needs to be, you know, or Real. You know, um, not a Germany, though. Definitely not a Bayern. I don't think you should go but there. But I think PSG is on that you level know. with all the other guys. I mean, let's think about yeah, but it. Like, PSG, and, and, but the thing is, PSG just can't. The, the, the best, the top two teams, <clears throat> the top two destinations right now are Man City and PSG, the top players. See, think about it. Yeah. Every well, top PSG. player, when they talk about moving them, PSG and Man City are mentioned as destinations. They don't, it doesn't even matter if there's already three other guys that play the same position on that team up. Because of the money, though, right? Yeah, because of the money. But in terms of when you look at cachet of the names of the clubs, PSG can't get over the hump, man. Yeah, I mean, look at the last how many Champions Leagues and and what they... Definitely, Real Madrid is at the top of the food chain. But right now, man, PSG, I I don't think they're second to anybody right now in terms of popularity. They they get the the jersey um, launch is usually one of the top ones. 
you know, their, their, their brand is as big. They got Mbappe. I mean, they have Neymar. So already, the brand is already great with Neymar. Neymar is probably the top, you know, I'll say like social media guy, maybe other than Cristiano Ronaldo. Yeah, and they have Messi now. You got Messi and Neymar and, and, and um, Mbappe. You're not wanting for popularity. And, even then, yeah. and we talked about this the other day. Also, if you look at those businesses, they have superstars in other positions. Yeah, they have the name. They have the name. They've they've been able to buy these players, but PSG until they get that trophy, that European trophy, right? They're not going to be that club. You see what I'm saying? Which like, is why I say if, I if think you look, maybe if you look 20, at age of 23 through 25, 26, if Mbappe can bring that to them, that would even elevate him a little bit more. The other thing I think I'm hearing that they're trying to get rid of Neymar also because they're realizing now that. Having three offensive players that don't defend at all is probably not a great strategy to have on the field to play. <laughs> you know, and especially with yeah. Messi. Messi <clears throat> playing the shot. He's not defending anything. You know, and then yeah, Mbappe. They, they need someone that could come in um, and build a real squad. You know, where you have role players, you have the guys that are going to score goals, you have a very, very solid defense. And, and, and if once you do those things, I think they'll be able to compete at a whole nother level in Europe. They just can't get over that hump, man. There was a year, I forgot now, like two, three years ago, where they looked dangerous. Everyone thought they were going to win Champions League. I mean, but somehow they found a way to mess it up. <laughs> they're on balance. Overall, they're not a, they're on balance. <clears throat> like I said, you can't have all offensive players and not enough yeah. defensive validity. They're, they're, they're getting there. I think they, Man City is in the same position. They haven't won the Champions League either. And that just yeah. shows you the difficulty of winning, which is why you look at teams like Real Madrid that are just consistently winning it, and you're like, these guys have that pedigree. They inside they of interwoven in the DNA of the entire team is that culture of winning the Champions League. Even though Courtois right. said it in the lead up to the game when they were interviewing them, he said, <clears throat> "We get to finals, we win it." They are in the Champions League era. They're eight or no. In finals. in finals, yeah. Look, and and and, and you gotta realize, Real is the like you said, long history, Galacticos, long history of doing this. They have the tradition, you know. They 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 just have it. They're the Barca is like that too. They just have that. There's certain clubs. Liverpool, believe it or not, is like that too. Um, they didn't get it yesterday, but they could have, and they've done yeah, it before. Well, somebody had to lose you yesterday, know? so. Exactly. Bayern is like that. Chelsea is like that. Um, you know, in the last couple of years where they've won the Champions League. Um, you know, United used to be like that, um, where they would win Champions League. So there are clubs that, you know, have been there, they could do it. But City, they have the money, they have the resources, they have the players. Something's missing. A lot of people think you know, it's Pep, Pep Guardiola, like at first, they used to blame him a lot. And it was actually a very warranted criticism where almost every big game, he tweaked the team, he overthought it, tried to like be too smart, and they ended up not playing to their principal. Quite frankly, and I don't know what happened at the end there against uh, Real Madrid in that second leg when they just give up those two goals. The mentality thing. But I'll tell you, they lost that tie in the first leg. Again, like I'm telling you, the fifth. That first leg, it should have been done and dusted. It should have been buried at least 6-3, with, especially with no away goals. But it just – there's always something. You know, like Fernandinho was playing right back that day because Kyle Walker got injured. 
Yeah. Right? And they had no cover for him. And that's how yeah. Denisha scored that. I don't know if you remember that goal in the first leg where he just just got the ball and put it past him at the halfway line and just ran all the way down and tucked the ball in. And that was against Fernandinho. So sometimes yeah. even with all the money they have, sometimes circumstances don't just align for them to be able to, to get the job done. So, but I think those like I think Pep will eventually win one with City if he stays there. Those guys are too good, and we're getting Haaland now. Yeah, hey, listen, they're, 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 every year they're contenders. No question right. about that. Every year, you when you if you next year we're going to call teams and say, hey, these are the teams we think are going to win the Champions League. City's name is going to be there without. Question. Yeah, I think but the City. I, I have more confidence the City is on their way to winning the Champions League than I do with PSG for one particular reason. PSG are playing practice matches in the um. Now it's just what it, let's call a spade a spade. Those teams, you know, they have some good teams, but on the on the bounds of things, you know, PSG is going to win most of those games. It's like unlike in England where you know it's like, hey, we know we we expect City to win, but it's going to be a if they. If they Slip up, those guys can beat them. Crystal Palace can beat them. Yeah. You're playing if PSG is playing the mid table team in, in Ligue 1, we know it's a win. Yeah. We know Mbappe is going to score twice, Neymar ones, somebody else is going to add another one. So it's probably going to be 4 nothing, 4 2, 4 1. Those are usually the scores of their games anyway. Yeah. So, by the, so they don't have that toughness by the time they come to Champions League. This is why they end up losing when they play team play. And they a little bit unlucky too. It's unfortunate you play in Real Madrid in the round of 16. Because Real Madrid, probably, you know, whatever the situation is, it's a bit unfortunate, right? Um, and that's usually how they, they, they've come up against some of the heavyweights in rounds where perhaps, you know, they, they, the record in the group stage will demand that they avoid those teams. So, hey, eventually, I think with the amount of money they have, money always seems to win in, in sports anyway. If you keep throwing money at it, eventually it's, it's going to work out in your favor. But yeah, yeah, again, not having the real competition in League One or League On, I think hurts them in the long run. Yeah, I, th- I, I think you're right. They, they're not getting the level of games that they should be getting. So their players kind of take, get used to taking the piss, if you will. You know what I mean? Like, it's like if you're a boxer, <clears throat> right, and, you, and you're coming up and they don't really put real contenders in front of you. And all you take it are like hand-picked opponents that they know you're going to beat. It's only a matter of time. When you do step in there with a real one, you're going to be in trouble. Did you see, <laughs> you know? did you see the highlights of that fight from last night, Geronte Davis? and I uh, saw the Rivera. whole fight, man. Oh, I saw the goodness. whole fight. Listen. Oh, my I, God. Uh, <laughs> listen. I, I, a couple of weeks ago when they, when they were talking about fight, I said, okay, you know, I went back to watch a couple of um, Roley's fights. And I was watching his fights, and I'm like, yo, look, he because he sticks his chin too high up in the air and he takes chances by leaving himself open and he relies on his power because he has power and he's a big guy. I think he's I think he could fight at 147. I think he's a big guy for 135 pounds. You know, I think you know, and he's he's got power, so people get wary of his power. When I saw a couple of his fights and the way he leaves his chin out, I said, yo. If Tank catches you, yeah, not against Durante. Tank, Tank, <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. Tank. that's that's the Tank, man. Plus, he, he looks so like the knockout. Honestly, looks so amateurish. Like an amateur wouldn't even have his guard down like that. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I don't, I don't see. And then the Yo, he threw, he threw, he threw a right hand to the body, 
He threw a right hand to the body and left his chin hanging out there. Completely and hanging. Tank, and he ran yeah. into it. And, and honestly, I don't even think Davis didn't even give him the best possible punch. It wasn't his him. best shot. Yeah, like the but, shot he yeah, hit Leo Santa Cruz with. You saw, you saw the Santa Cruz fight, the uppercut? No, I didn't see Leo that. One. Yo, that was Santa Cruz was out on unconscious for a couple of minutes. Nah, like, Davis got power. Thank God. Yeah, like, like that shot, if he had hit this kid with that shot, and in watching the fight, I realized something. Roly was much bigger than than Tank, much bigger. And I was yeah, watching. Was I was like, rounds. But I think I yeah. think what I noticed from that fight yesterday was that I think Geronte Davis was never really scared of his power, one. But or is cautious enough not to like go into like uh you know try to go into a brawl with him. But also yeah, he yeah. figured him out. He he, he yeah. allowed him, gave him a couple rounds to like show his hand, and he figured him out. And actually, you can see even you can see the um no okay it was, it was another fight but you you could really see that I think he set him up for that 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 particular knockout punch oh. because he was ready he was ready once that combo came down he let his guard down he he was waiting for that moment and if you notice like the first during the couple of rounds every time Roly would come in Tank would throw a power counter shot and he kept missing and yeah. I was like yo I was watching it and. You know, someone I was like, oh man, Rolly's up, Rolly's up. I'm like, yo, are you watching this fight? I said, Tank is trying to set him up, man. Like, if he catches him, it's all she wrote. And sure enough, he came through that right hand to the body, left his chin out like this. Tank <laughs> said, tap, here you go. And hey, when, when, he, he, when he picked him up the ground, he had no idea where he was at. Done. His leg, left leg, and Dude, he could so 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 Let me, let me, re, let me reenact it for you. So he got up, the ref said, Step to the left. And when he <laughs> when he stepped to the left, the way his legs were like spaghetti. Buckle. I, buckle, I was like, I, I I said to the TV, I'm like, hey, you need to stop this fight. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then it was like he asked him to do something, and he had this yeah. look in his face, like, I have no idea what it is you just asked me to do. <laughs> he was not and there. Who, who you are. <laughs> Yo, let me tell you this Roly was not there oh, yeah. like he was he, his pride and all the shit talking he had done made him get up but physically mentally he wasn't there no, like, no he was no. knocked out on his feet and I could tell I was like yo stop this fight don't give Tank another, another chance to jump at this dude because it'll be even if the bell had saved him right because it was getting close if the bell had saved him the next round, he would have still been dazed. Yeah, because one, I haven't heard wasn't that. Enough. He wobbled to the um. He had to like get help wobble into the, the locker. Yeah, he was. Locker. He, he was. That's why they had to get him out of there. You remember? I don't know if you recall. He didn't do the uh, post fight interview. Oh, of ring. course, they had nothing. They couldn't say nothing. Yeah, they had, they had, to, do they had, they had to get him out. Of because he, don't really talk bad, but the, the amount of smack that he was talking, it was, oh, it was, yeah, it was talking so much smack. It just, I was like, what are you? And he has this voice that is kind of annoying. It's when you very annoying. And, and so he, he turns like, his head like he turns his head like when he talks. I hope you that he's knocked out. And sure enough, he got about. <laughs> but yeah, no, man. I, I anyway, watched some of his old fights, and I was like, I said that you know. I said, Tank's going to knock this dude out. The guy Tank fought, um, Barrios. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw that fight. That dude. I saw that one. That dude is, that dude is, that dude is the truth, man. 
Although that the dude. same Tang needs to step up and fight the best in 135. I think that's what everyone's asking. No, but, but I, I think, you know, a lot of those guys, if you call out their names, right, except for Devin Haney, a lot of those guys are being managed. I think Tank's ready to fight him. But I think, like, if you look at Ryan Garcia, they're scared to put him in front of him, man. They don't want to put that kid in front of Tank. They're terrified. If you look at, um, what's his name? Teofimo, he lost, so that he doesn't even count. Devin Haney's fighting um, the guy from Australia coming up in a couple of weeks. So that fight is going to be huge because if Devin wins, he becomes undisputed. And and Devin Haney, in, in that whole division, out of all of them, that's my favorite. I just, I, I love the way the kid fights. He's, he's amazing to watch. So I think, um, you know, Devin fighting Tank, that would be a good fight. That's the only guy I see that will happily step in the ring to fight him. You know, because, um, you know, and that would be a solid fight, man. That 135-pound division is stacked. It's stacked, man. You know, I mean, um, outside of 147, which, who do you have anyways? Spence against um, Crawford. Uh, I don't know. Maybe Crawford. Yeah, Maybe. T. Crawford is nice, though. Um. I'm an Earl Spence fan. I, I like Terrence Green Crawford. Don't get me wrong. But... That's a good matchup. Oh, man. I, I, the, it's very rare for me to look at a boxing match and not know who to pick. Right. That fight, that fight, I, I'm totally stuck. I don't know who would win that fight. I'll I, be honest I, with I really, you. I haven't I really, really especially since the pandemic, I'll be honest, yeah. I haven't really followed boxing as closely. Yeah, I've been on it just for whatever reason. I just haven't, even though I think, I think honestly, it's just been saturated way too. It seemed like there's a fight every other day or something. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, there's too much with everything else going yeah. on. I think I dedicate a lot of my time watching sports and watching football and yeah. all the other sports that I watch. But yeah, anyway, I, I wanted us to pivot to talk about these super eagles because you know, we saw, oh, yeah, our game from today. yesterday. Yeah, you know, um, we have another friendly coming up against Ecuador on Thursday. Yeah, what do you think about the game? You know, I didn't catch the full game. I Like I told you, I saw the highlights. Um, and I mean, it looked like Bassi kept coming down that left and he kept crossing the ball into the box. And, you know, he's he's like a locomotive, man. That guy, I mean, the way he plays, he's just... He reminds me a lot of like a Michael Essien type of player, you know? Yeah, he's, he's an engine, man. He's an yeah, engine. Man. He's, he's like a Cadillac right now. And, and right now, no one is in better form across all Super Eagle land and that particular guy. Some even argue his form is as good as any in all of Europe right now. He, you know, he certainly yeah. had an exceptional performance in the Europa League final. It was by far a massive man-of-the-match performance there, even though they lost some penalties. And the very and only three days later in the Scottish Cup final, he backed that up in another man-of-the-match performance. Wow. Uh, I think he ended up with an assist, just a very similar type cross that he made. Time and time again, the, the one that uh, gave up, gave the goal yesterday. But in yesterday's match, if I had to overall analyze um, the game, you know, the circumstances were – I remember this time last year, we also had those friendlies where we played against Cameroon. It was actually back-to-back. It was the end of the season, the long season. It was very lethargic. Our guys just looked like they didn't, we didn't want to be there. It was like, we're only here so we don't get fined type deal. And that's how the first half looked, except worse because – at least last year, we Raw had the compliment of his full, just about his full squad, just about, maybe missing one or two guys. But in this particular one, 
with the withdrawals, a lot of guys not showing up. Victor Osimhen wasn't there. Samuel Chukwueze is not there. Um, Kelechi and Achor is not there. A whole bunch of Ndidi obviously is injured, but a whole bunch of other guys, Emmanuel Dennis, all pulled out for one form reason or another. I don't I don't know what the situation is with Dio, uh, because we certainly need him to play in a couple of days or a couple of week and a half when we play the qualifier against I think Sierra Leone we're playing. I actually have two qualifiers in our uh, African Cup of Nation qualifier group. So I'm wondering why he's not, whether he's going to come to camp or whether Samu will come to camp. Some of these guys, I know they had long seasons. And I can certainly understand why they would want to skip a, I don't want to call it meaningless, but to a Super Eagles, it's not, it doesn't really have much, you know, in terms of meaning. Uh, and the other thing, too, so in fact, what I like is a new coach, uh, Pacero. He started all 11 players he started with the only 11 players that are um, that were foreign base players in camp. So it just so happened that the formation he tweaked and just adjusted it. He just had just enough players to play in that formation. It was interesting to see uh, Muffy and and Dessa start in what seemed like a 3-5-2 formation with Moses Simon bumming down the right of the wing back and obviously Calvin Bassey bumming down the left of the wing back. But to start the game. We couldn't even touch the ball. The Mexicans had the ball because you can see the guys didn't really know what their role is completely. Because if you have that kind of formation, you need to be just compact defensively. The wingbacks are probably the key to that game and making sure they close down the spaces. Those spaces were wide open and the Mexicans were just taking advantage. I think in the first, I'll be on the first 10, 15 minutes, our guys barely touched the ball. Barely touched the ball. And the first goal, it was coming. If you were honest, you know Mexico should have been up by three goals. Even four by the end of the first half, because they had like glaring chances that they either missed or was all had to make some saves on. So that first half was nothing to write them about. You can ex- explain it because after all those guys, I had long seasons. They had no motivation probably, and how many days to like, you know, test out the formation and line up. Second half was a whole different ball game. It looked like they came out a little more. Alexi will be was a spark. He was running everywhere up and down the field. Bassi. Seems to be the only guy that could take on the Mexicans and run past them. And that's what he started doing and started yeah. delivering some delicious balls into the box. <clears throat> and one of those was what, you know, materialized as the equalizer. It was a perfect cross to Cyril Dessers, who uh, nodded it home. Although the Mexican goalkeeper fumbled a little bit. I think that ball was going in the net anyway. Um, yeah, and, and then uh, you can see some nice, neat interchange between uh, Aribo and. He will be. He will be played like played a bunch of roles. It seemed like he played that, but they call that three quatrista role, where you sit deep and try to, um, you know, involve play or dictate play from way back, and then also still came up. It's a nice combination between Aribo on the left side and Bassi again, just to quick one twos to escape Mexican pressure. So there were some good things. Some good things. Uh, defenders. Eh, I think Ekong is too error prone. Like he did okay. But the errors are there, and as a center back, you can't make those kinds of errors. The own goal was a bad one. Usually, but, but you know. the the question of the question about us on defense is this: if you don't play a Tristakong, a Leon Balogun, who are you gonna play? Well, Leon Balogun like, was not there. We're stacked I mean, at certain yeah, positions, yeah. but yeah, central yeah, I defenders. Think I think Awazim is better than at this point. Awazim is better than Akong. I think Awazim can start a center back. And I think, although we have um, Bassi, Bassi's long-term <clears throat> prognosis is a center back, even though right now at left back, that youth, 
hasn't bombed it now, but I think his long term progress, it's just body type and even the way he plays. Or or maybe or maybe they move they move Bassi into a left center back and then they play someone exactly. else at left back. But exactly. who who would they play a left back though? Because uh, it's, not, sure, it's Z- not sure. Zaidu, yeah, Zaidu. Zaidu can play that, and Aina can play that too. But Aina is uh, basically a right back, you know. Yeah. But he was injured. But I mean, it was a makeshift squad yesterday, so you 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 sort of understand um, the why of how the formation was set. So I'm not looking too much into it. I just kind of wanted to see team spirit more than anything. A couple of the the foreign base players that came. I mean, the home base players that came in. I would say I wouldn't say they did anything special or spectacular, but I would say the one thing is they looked like at least they didn't look like they didn't belong on stage when they had stage fright. But you can see the yeah. difference in quality though. I think Ishiaku came in the number seven. Uh, I think Mbama came in also bombing down the right side. Yeah, okay. yeah, it is what it, it was. What it was. Mexico in reality that was the second eleven, but yeah. they were playing for something. They looked like they were the team playing for something. More hunger. And obviously they're playing in front of their fans, so yeah. Hey, it's all good, man. We gotta wrap it up, but you know the thing is, the jury is still out on um Picero. Um, you can't judge him off this game because there is really nothing. So it, it'll be interesting to see how he builds up a squad, who he selects, how he goes from there, and you know, we're probably we're not going to really know anything until the next set of qualifiers for Afcon. I think that's when we'll figure out what's really going on. Um, so we'll see. Bro. Yeah, I wish him all the best, obviously, because we know we're always root the Super Eagles. But I can't yeah. really pass any judgment of that one game. That's impossible to really realistically make any statement. So like you said, I agree with you. Probably not to – I mean, look, it takes a while. You have these guys for only a couple of days. I think the circumstances are extenuating right now. It remains to be seen whether we're going to get the other players back for the actual qualifiers because, quite frankly, I hope this is not the team we're going to use to prosecute against the African terrain. But if it's what it is, then it's what it is. But at least at least one can say these guys have been together now for, like, it'll be 10, 10 to 14 days before the actual qualifiers. So that might be yeah. positive. Who knows? We shall see. It remains to we'll be seen. Right, Bro, you got you to come back, man. When are you coming back? Uh, whenever like you invite weeks. me again, brother. <laughs> You're welcome anytime, my man. Yeah, so we'll, we'll discuss. All right, man. All right, guys. Love you. Thanks for joining us. Peace.